coming to you raw and unscripted. Beaming across Ontario and beyond to places like The Junction, Ottawa, London, and Thunder Bay. This is The Real Hickson Real Estate Podcast. Whether you're listening on your commute or putting on your suit, whether it's your morning stroll or you're on patrol, you just finished prayer or drop the kids at daycare, you're in the bar, your car, or listening with a bathroom door ajar, near or far, this is The Jess and Jero Show. Grateful for flattery and prone to inaccuracies. This is your guide to Toronto culture, people, events, news, but most importantly, real estate talk. Hello, guys. Yes, we're back with another podcast. Yeah, we took a little hiatus. A little hiatus. It's been busy. We've been very yeah. busy. We're very sorry to the listeners out there that have been missing our podcast. We kind of promise, I mean, we, we call this the weekly. It's more like the monthly. <laughs> yeah, at this rate. At this rate. Uh, today's a very special day. What's today, Jess? Our anniversary. A wedding anniversary, three years. That's so special. Yeah, Good it's actually us. the leather anniversary. The leather anniversary. I would have bought you a wallet, but everything's closed. <laughs> That's cool. And you got... A lovely purse from DH Gate. <laughs> <laughs> That's really leathery, yeah. It's very leathery. Good for us. Happy happy anniversary to us. Uh, okay, so what are we talking about today? What's the theme? Well, we always talk about the market. We're going to talk about the market, correct? We're going to do that. Yeah, there's a lot to say, so the market is... And then, what's the, what's the theme of today, Jess? Offer presentations. Offer presentations. They're scary... They're a little bit dumb, but they're an integral part, and everyone hears about them. Um, maybe some of you have been involved in them, um, whether from the selling side or from the buying side. It can be fun if you're on the seller side. It can be fun when you get multiple offers. It can be fun when you get multiple offers. Well, it sucks when you don't get any offers. offers. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to talk about that today. We'll start with um, the market, though. Let's start with the market. So... The market is pretty interesting. We're at a very interesting crossroads, I would say, right now. It's changing week to week. So the condo market from January was was, was starting to explode. Okay. Now we've kind of seen the peak of that wave. I think we're on the crest. Um, same with the housing market. It was super, super hot. Uh, it's cooled off or at least it's just... Um, it's it's property it's plateaued. based now. Like yeah, the good properties are still seeing a lot of activity. Right, right, and a lot of interest, and getting bully offers and all that. Yeah. But so by bully offers, we guys we mean uh, when when homes uh, have offer presentation dates, which are generally like eight days, seven or eight days uh, after the property hits the market. Sometimes it's two weeks if they want if they want to kind of get as much interest as possible. And a preemptive offer is, is literally that. It's it's an offer that comes before that date. Um, I guess we'll get into that in, the, in a little bit when we start going through the strategies from both sides. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so some houses are having offer dates and they're not selling an offer night. Maybe they're not getting what they want. Maybe they are getting a couple of offers and not getting exactly what they expected. Um, I think that's part of the problem is we're seeing such an increase. 
and then and sellers are excited to throw their properties in the market. Yeah. And then they don't quite catch what was what was there before. I mean, because the market can change within within a week. But certain properties are are going. Yeah, the good crazy. stuff is still going crazy. Yeah. So um, yeah, very very interesting market for houses. Um, condos is is a big question mark right now, um, and also cottages are on fire, Jess. Yeah, as we expected. As we expected, people are still. Wanting, especially this summer, you know, knowing we're going into more lockdowns, the vaccine's not quite been rolled out properly. Um, people are, uh, number one, the household savings are up, yeah. you know, um, in contrast to, you know, unfortunately, some people are out of work and um, they're on EI, etc. But for a lot of our households, they we haven't spent money on trips. We haven't spent money on other things apart from home improvement yeah which was huge which is huge right now home improvement and uh and yeah and so people are going to cottages and all that kind of stuff um but other than that it's a very interesting point and i think in the market the big driving factor right now i mean the lockdown is having an effect to some degree we have we have seen lockdowns come and go before and they haven't really affected the market like the initial one no nothing that we had the first yeah like we had march last year but um, the budget's coming, and I think people are, are kind of waiting for any news that might come out. Yeah. Um, we know that the, the mortgage news is that uh, there is new mortgage rules coming in. Can you explain, Jess, what they are? Well, it's not confirmed. They're, they're still talking about it, but they're talking about implementing an additional, uh, an increase on... A stress the, test. A stress test. Yeah. Well, there's currently a stress test, but they're, right. they're increasing the percentage which could potentially reduce buying power by 4%. Now, importantly, this is just for uninsured mortgages. Which is more than 20% So 20% down. or more, um, which is most of the buyers. Um, not first-time home buyers, Not first-time home buyers, typically. Um, you could put anywhere from 10 to 20 or let's say 10 to 19% would be an insured mortgage. So I don't think they're getting affected, which is, which is good news. Um, yeah, but this could, this could, uh, definitely impact purchasing power. Yeah. And the, the interest rates have gone back up. Um, whether they'll hold there, that's, that's a very big question mark. Um, we have really enjoyed some historically low interest rates. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people have taken advantage of that. And I think that's what kind of got us through the pandemic. I mean, like what pandemic according to the, the market, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. It's just been crazy. So a few interesting things happening there. I think we may be seeing, because we're right in the middle of, of the spring market right now. Yeah. And it started early. Like it started January even, February. Yeah, yeah like late January. And I think we may be seeing a breath. Um, you know, a lot of overseas investors. There's definitely more inventory. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, the inventory is coming out. It's uh, exploded. I don't. I think there was a problem with inventory back in January, February. Well, that's what started the whole. That's what started the whole thing. And then you know, sellers see that and they're like, "Great, we'll take advantage of this." But by the time you know, you really have to move quick. By the time you you get your house ready and you you stage it, you clean up, you declutter. Maybe you want to do some home improvements, um, some renovations. It really, you know, it uh, it really stagnates things. And then by the time you get on the market, you've kind of. Missed the wave, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, um, I'm still in the markets I'm working in. I'm seeing yeah. things still oh, yeah. 
quite a bit over asking yeah. and, and selling quickly. And unless there's a problem with the home, like a, a glaring issue with the home, they're still selling. Now, it's important to say that, okay, there's these crazy increases. And then when the market slows down and goes backwards, it's not like it's an, a decrease in the market. It's more of a correction, if anything. Yeah. Because we're, we're well above 2017's prices and the way that the trajectory, the way things are going. Yeah, definitely. Um, we still have really a shortage of housing. It's, it's really still a crisis. Yeah. Um, it's always a good time to get into the market. It's always <laughs> a good time to get into the market. I mean, this, this pandemic, as bad as it's been, has been um, a great opportunity, especially for first-time homebuyers, to get into the market. And thankfully, we've, we've, uh, you know, been, had the pleasure of working with a few of you that are listening. Um, we've had a great time. We're very happy for you all. And it's kind of nice to see. Oh, you yeah. Know? It's always good to see. It's always good to see people have a little win. Uh, okay. It feels like a win. <laughs> it feels like a win. Uh, all right. So, off for presentations, Jess. Let's talk about it. Um, first and foremost, what, what you the listeners will first see is you'll see a dream home and you'll see the price tag and then you quickly message your spouse or your partner or whatever, your parents and say, wow, look at this home. Unbelievable. An price. Unbelievable price. And what you can't see, cause you're usually looking on these third party apps on realtor.ca or, or wherever you're looking and you, you can't see that there's an offer presentation date. Yeah. When we go in the back end in the MLS um, for agents, our portal that we use, we see all these like little information, the brokerage remarks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we see, you know, we're expecting it. We see a price. And when you see a price $5.99 and all the other houses around that are selling like, you know, $850,000, it kind of, it's a tip off. It's an easy tip off. Yeah, definitely. Um, but what are they doing? Why are they, why are they listing it so low, Jess? To get people like you listeners excited. Exactly. In the door. Okay. Let's say they wanted 850 for the home. Traditionally, you would list like 3% above. So you might list 879 or something like that. Yeah. And someone comes in at 840 and you eventually end up at around 850, whatever that is. Yeah. But if you list at 879, you're only getting a percentage of the market looking in that in that like mid to high 800 range. Yeah. So what you're saying, Jess, is you're getting not only the people in that range, but you're getting people that are looking in the in like the six hundreds and the seven hundred range. Yeah, because you would excited. list it like six ninety nine to get eight fifty. Right, and, and your budget may only be seven fifty, but it's listed at six ninety nine, so you think you have a chance. Right, so that's the thing. But after further research, after further research, so that's why it's really important to have a good agent that understands. This. I mean, we all we all understand this. All the agents. Um, it's been going on for a long time now. Yeah, and with the access, the the uh, regular consumer is able to see a lot more information than previously, so they can do a little bit of their own homework. But if you have a good agent, we're happy to do it for you. Happy to do it for you guys. So okay, so let's let's di- let's dive into it a little bit from the selling perspective. We are as agents, and we've done it in the past for our clients. We're listing your home, and, and it is, this is a seller's market kind of thing, by the way, guys. When you're in when you're in a buyer's market, this kind of stuff doesn't happen. And you'll see, you'll notice, um, you know, for different markets, 
if it's even a balanced market, I don't think it happens as much. You might see one or two for these like really good properties that we're talking about. Yeah, really like desirable locations. Yeah, or... but generally this stuff only really happens in seller's market and seller's market is the low inventory and high demand. Which is so, the typical market in Toronto. Yeah, basically, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, what's the one thing, Jess? We're not building any more land in Toronto. No. You're not going to get more land. The only thing you can no space. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a lot of infill, like places like Regent Park is a perfect example, where they're turning old kind of uh, areas, like disused areas, um, and areas where there's like, you know, social welfare and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, rejuvenating. Rejuvenating. Yeah, yeah, there's tons of areas in Ontario that they're doing that. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, there's just, there's no other land. So that's why we continue to see just crazy increase in the market and like overseas interest for example well it's um, a it's a stable healthy economy stable economy okay canada just got named number one country in the world as voted by a board of like specialists apparently yeah and uh ranked for a lot of different reasons yeah, like healthcare and, and social um social awareness and um, tolerance and, and all that kind of stuff. So good, good on you, Canada. We're lucky to live Pat on here. the back. So this is why we keep seeing this increase in demand, and and even just that article going around the world, people are like, oh, where should I buy? You know, there's investors just they're like they look, they just look, they spin the globe on their desk, and they're like, why? Where am I buying the next investment property? You know, and they like, is the U.S. Do they have tax credits? Do they have foreign investor tax? Do they have this? Do they have that? And it's, they just keep going around the world. And I mean, that's really what, what drives it. And Canada seems to be a good one. place to be. Yeah. Um, okay. So seller's market, uh, we list the property, um, lots of buyer activity, and we generally say seven to eight days mm-hmm. from when we list the property to when we have the buyer, pres- uh, the offer presentation. presentation. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be a magic number. Um, as I said, we are seeing kind of like two week ones. Yeah, it's not as you desirable. Can, and, and what what we're trying to do is we're kind of trying to concentrate the interest into one day. Yeah. So otherwise, if all you the, didn't do this... All the buyers come together. All and, the buyers come and together. And compete. Right. So if you didn't do that, you would probably have one person maybe offering this day and maybe one person offering this day. But on the offer date, you know exactly what interest there is, how much interest there is. How many offers you get, what the contents of the offers are. So seven to eight days, then we'll have it, you know, generally on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Uh, it also depends uh, whether there's another property that you may be in competition with that might have their offer presentation yeah. night. And whether you don't you do want to have it on the same night. It's yeah, you, you, a don't similar want, property. you don't want to split the buyers in that regard. Yeah. Um, and from a buying perspective, that's tough. Like my client likes two different properties. They both have offer dates on the same night. You can't offer on two places at once. No. And why is that, Jess? Because if you win both of them, you got to buy both you houses. you got to buy both houses, <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so then we, we generally say like, okay, register by 5 p.m. And we'll present the offers at 7 p.m. on the offer night. That's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Um, you will get people maybe registering early for a hot property. Um, I mean, they can kind of register an offer. It's it's Throughout not like day. strict guidelines. No, no, no. It's just an idea of when to when to come. And obviously, a lot of people like wait in the wings as a buyer. Yeah. They're like, let's wait to see how many offers they get. Yeah. And that might change the outcome of how much they offer. Mm-hmm. Right? So, 
okay, so we have the register by five. If everyone plays by the rules, we get three or four offers. Um, if it was a crazy hot property, then it's like 10 offers, 12 offers. Mm-hmm. As we've heard in the news, like... 35 offers. 35 offers, like just some crazy stuff you'll see on blog TO posts, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we do is, you know, it's all done electronically now. I mean, you've seen the days, Jess, when you used to sit at the property in the kitchen. Yeah. And the agents wait outside. They walk in the door. They walk in the door and... Tell you their sob story. Tell you their sob story. (laughs) And uh, tell you why they need to be picked. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, present... Literally, it used to be the buyer agent presenting the offer physically to them. Explaining what's in it. Explaining what's in it. And nowadays, it's digital, of course. So you're sending emails in. Yeah, it's a lot quicker. A lot quicker. Now, in terms of the actual guts of this whole operation... And how we strategize. And how we strategize. And there's a lot of like things really to go over. Um, you really do need to reach out to us um, and ask us that from a buying side and from a selling side. Um, you know, it, there's just a lot to go into uh, in terms of all of that. And, and every situation is different. And every situation is 100% different. Um, we would customize the approach customize for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why we're... We're here for you. That's why we're here for you. And so, um, you know, it's it's tough. You know, it can be tough on buyers. It can be tough also on sellers. It's it's a lot about um, power, you know, and who has the power. Generally, sellers have the power. Mm-hmm. But that, as we said before, if you get no offers, then it's tough. But at the end of the day, like, you're not selling until you get the number you want. No. It's not, it's not the be all and end all. Um, typically like if houses or, or homes don't sell on offer night, they just get relisted close to the price that they want the next yeah, day. Yeah. And, and they do sell for what they're worth, what mm-hmm. somebody's worth buying them for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not the most fun <laughs> as a buyer in those no, situations, but. But it is a little bit exciting. It's exciting. I'd say. Yeah. So what can we say to sellers? Um, we will, in, in future podcasts, we're definitely going to dive into listing your home and getting it like absolute ready. Um, but what are a few key things that we need to remember, Jess? Well, the cleanliness of the house, the presentation of the house, mm-hmm. like the way it, it shows is the most important thing. The hottest, the, even the hottest market, if a house isn't in its best form, it's not going to get top dollar. Yep. And photos for me. Yeah. Photos is huge. Yeah. When I'm looking at 20 listings, yeah. and I'm like, I, I dive into the guts of things. And obviously, when you get specific clients, you get very specific. But otherwise, you're just going through listing after listing. Yeah, the first three photos aren't great. First three photos have to be just standout pictures. Um, one Even one exterior and then a couple like main, like kitchen, living room. Like iconic photos, they have to be. Yeah. Then we're just gonna, we're just probably gonna skip it. Yeah. You know, sometimes when there's a lot of inventory, we actually find reasons not to show you. And yeah. Not to send them to our yeah, clients. Yeah, because we have to narrow down. And if the photos are terrible, you know, it's it's one that's one strike. Yeah. I mean, and just w- when you're in a home, like the smell of a home is huge. Right. Right. <laughs> the cleanliness of a home is huge. Cleanliness, like it's the full experience. I like to turn all the lights on. A little Glade plug-in uh, in the wall when you first walk in. Mm-hmm. Some people like to bake bread or cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, not so much you know, in COVID, but... <laughs> and maybe even some music. I really like putting music on, just soft. Yeah. Just soft music. Yeah, it's it's a whole experience. Bringing, bringing some life into a space um, without other people in it, you know, when it's just the buyers walking in. So important things, like when you're doing this offer presentation day, as we said, seven to eight days, we need to concentrate all the interest. So you need to have done, your agent needs to have done all of these things to get there. Manicure, you know, curb appeal, um, declutter, you know, take a lot of the stuff out. People don't want to see your stuff. They don't want to see your personalized items. We love that you have that classic 70s, um, you know, marriage shot <laughs> with the puffy shoulders. We love that for you. <laughs> but the other people, when they walk in, the buyers, they don't want to see your personalized stuff. They want to, they want to imagine their things in that space. Yeah. That's why when we we've got to stage it, it's very neutral pieces, um, usually very modern stuff that we use. And uh, yeah, so you're trying to concentrate all that interest and and garner a lot of interest on on offer night. Yeah, yeah. But we'll go through that. If you have any personalized questions or or thinking of selling, then contact us directly and we can talk. Yep. The real for sure. stuff. As we said, it's really easy for us to just generally talk about this, but when it, when it comes into the guts of it. It's uh, it's tough because it's really case by case, neighborhood by neighborhood, different t- different home types. Um, there's different strategies for different different things. Yeah. Different home buyers, you know, different. You gotta also imagine who's the buyer for yeah. that home. Yeah. You know, because exactly. that's really gonna dictate number one how you market it, and number two how you present it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, okay, so generally for a a buyer, when it comes to offer night. What, what are the things that a buyer can do? Well, the cleaner the offer, the better. So no financing condition, be pre-approved, no inspection. Make sure the house, uh, there's an inspection report previous, like that you've looked over or you, you're comfortable with the state of the home, all the, the major stuff. Obviously, trying to accommodate the seller's preferred closing date is ideal mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. can make it work. Yep. And your best number... <laughs> Best number. Best number. Um, so going back to conditions, Jess, you said the cleanest offer. What are the two main conditions or the two or three main conditions that we would have? Yeah. Financing. Okay. Financing. Yeah. Inspection. Inspection. And if it's a condo, a status or certificate. Status certificate. Right. So condo status, it really reveals, um, you know, it's hard not to have that in there. Um that really reveals the management of the condo, special levies, the things, health of the building, the health of the building and, and the way that it's managed. The board and the status is reflective of the board that manages the condo building. They're really there to work on behalf of all the owners. They're there for the common interest. So it's nice to see, um, you know, just the general workings of how that all happens. And and I think as we've mentioned before in our previous podcast, the status certificate is there to be reviewed by the lawyer. I like to fancy myself as a pretty good status certificate reviewer now. I've, re- I've seen a few in my time. And, uh, yeah, we're really looking for key things. Um, you know, there's there's no court orders against the building. There's uh, there's healthy amount of reserve fund. There's no um, liability issues, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, or even, like, damaged elevators, for example, yeah. as we've experienced in previous buildings of ours. Yes, we have. Um, yeah, so there's, that's all that kind of stuff. So that's a certificate. It's hard not to have that in there. 
but it's not absolutely crazy to um, see in a really hot condo market, for example, where people are coming in with um, firm no. or clean offers, yeah. as you called it. No conditions. No conditions. But generally, they're in there. But um, apart from that, inspection, that's a big one, mm-hmm. um, especially in the older homes. Yes. Um, if you find yourself in a hot market, um, you could typically see, especially in offer presentations, you could see homes that do their own uh, home inspection, home inspection yeah. and they're happy to give that to agents before the offer date. Yeah. And that actually also happens in condos with the status certificate as well. Yeah. Whereas they, they order that first and... Give um, you a chance to review it. Give you a chance to review it before you offer. Because if you offered with those conditions in it, then you would review it afterwards. So they're kind of like cutting out the middleman essentially. Yeah. Make um, things go smoother. Make things go smoother. Um, and you yourself doing an inspection clause, you're going in there, you're using an, an inspector, they're telling you what is wrong and right with the house. They're not telling you to go ahead with the offer or not. They're just merely presenting you with um, what everything is in, in, what condition it's all in and whether this or this or this may cost you money. I yep. mean, at the end of the day, it's your decision to go ahead with it or not. It's yep. just that you, you're now armed with knowledge of, okay, I have to spend a little bit of money fixing the roof within a few years or, oh, the drainage isn't quite great uh, away from the house. It's causing a little bit of leakage in the, in the foundations. Let's, uh, let's re-landscape it so the water runs away. That, that's kind of little, those little things yeah. that, uh, that you see. Um, obviously, the finance clause is an interesting one. Um, before the process, you get pre-approved. I mean, you should really be pre-approved. Now that's not that's not guaranteed approval. It's just a got more of a guideline from the lenders. Um, but when it comes to the financing clause, when you uh, buy a house with the financing clause in it, um, the house then becomes sold conditionally, and you would have um, you know anywhere from two to five days to go to the banks and feed them that property information. They will check the comparables, maybe send an appraiser in. And they would appraise the house and you'd get the, the actual commitment letter. So in crazy hot markets, if you're pretty comfortable with uh, what the price you may be paying, you, uh, again, you clean up that and you take that condition out. Yeah. Again, this is a lot of information. And if you need clarification or detailed answers, yes. like reach out. Because and again, every market's different. Every neighborhood's different. Yeah. Case by case basis. Yeah, I just I don't want to overwhelm our lovely listeners with yeah. these details. A lot of details. Yeah. Um, but we're always happy to talk. More. Always happy to talk. <laughs> I mean, this is just starting the conversation for some people. Some people just maybe had no clue. Some people had some clue, maybe. Yeah. Like, why does it go over? And at the end of the day, we're left with like probably of the foreseeable future offer presentations. Yeah, so they're always they're always around. Sometimes every house has them and sometimes yeah. only limited houses have them. At the moment, it's like 75% of the listings I see have them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, now, but buyers are starting to get very sick and tired of them. Well, that's what happens. So as you saw at the start of the year, there was a lot of bully offers coming in, preemptive offers. Um 
And then at some point, the buyers just get sick of competing. They get sick of losing. And uh, the buyer fatigue sets in. And then you start to see a more leveled out market, which I think we're seeing now. Yeah, which is fun for everybody. It's fun for everybody. It's nice. (laughs) It's nice when there's back and forth rather than just back or forth. Yeah. Um, So... The other, the other funny thing is, there. Were, I heard that there was an auction, like out in, uh, in the outer suburbs. They were planning one, were they not? Yeah, I don't know if it ended up happening. But just for you guys that aren't aware, in Australia, for example, where I'm from, we do auctions. This is what we do. We set up the property, and on a, on a weekend, you go and all stand in the backyard, you register as a potential buyer... And then you have a live auction and you start at a number and everyone goes up and everyone knows exactly what the number is. And at some point the sellers are like, okay, this is, we're happy to sell it for this price or above. And they'll come out and say, okay, the property's on the market. And then any price from that point is, is what's going to sell the house. So I won't go into that too much, but this could be coming to Toronto. It could be coming to Ontario. I can't see it coming to Toronto. It's, it's tried here and there. I mean, look. I, I don't see it happening. It's a, it's a more fair system. Yeah. Because the worst thing about offer presentations is that, like, you may be, you may be paying more, like, than the next, the next best offer. But it may be $5,000. It may be $50,000. You'll never know. Yeah. Um... And that's the crazy thing. And you might have lost it. Similarly, you might have lost it by only $5,000. Or you may have lost it by $50,000. You may have lost it by $10. May have lost it by $10. You'll never know. And that's that's the sad reality. Um, I mean, it's it continues to happen. Will we see a shift to this other like live auction open open bid kind of style? Maybe like by Maybe. the end of our career. When, Maybe when by the end of our career. Maybe I'm going to start it, Jess. Maybe I'm going to be an auctioneer. Maybe we'll be be in our plans for retirement and that will be a a thing we can look forward to. But for the meantime, this is, this is where we're at. Um, you know, obviously as we move towards a more balanced correcting market, we'll just go back to the traditional style of, um, you know, listing a price and, uh, and, and finding, you know, that you can, Bid under list price wouldn't that be a luxury, Jess? Yeah, but then the sellers want like what they want, so exactly. And what are the simple concepts, Jess? Like a home is only worth what someone's willing to pay for. Exactly. And also, you know, factors. If someone, if a seller has bought, and they have to sell a house, then like motivation is motivation is key. Yes. Or or if a buyer. Say you're living in your parents' basement. Yeah. That's also motivation, <laughs> isn't it? We don't know anything and, about that. And that's when, just so you guys know, that's when we start to see the crazy prices. When the emotions get involved. Or somebody's lost five times already. Or someone's so sick and tired, they've lost their dream home three times, and, and they're at that stage in the process, and they're just like, you know what? I'm just going to buy something because maybe the interest rates are increasing Maybe the, the housing prices are increasing. Because what, what happens, Jess? Like, if someone, like, I want to put this in inverted quotes, overpays. Because you're not really overpaying until you go to sell it. And if you sell it at the wrong time, you've overpaid. Yeah. But if someone, let's say they overpay, it's 50000 more than the house that sold down the street. That then becomes the new comparable, well, that's, doesn't it? Well, that's the thing. 
And that's how quickly things change. It and only takes one that's buyer. That's why these prices go up, guys. Because when the new price is established, then, of course, the selling agent's going to say, well, this sold for this price and this sold for this price. Yeah. The only way it starts to go back down is if the uh, if the, the buyers uh, start to thin out a little bit, you know? And if the property starts to sit there for a little bit and starts going backwards. Yeah. But, um, but you're always making the right decision getting into real estate and sell, yeah. and you'll sell at the right time and it'll, mm-hmm. it'll all be okay. At the end of the day, like when we talk to our, our buyer clients and, and you know, they may be overwhelmed with the price they have to pay. Uh, what we say to them, it's, it's really like when you go into these offer presentation dates, it's, as long as there's more than just you as a buyer, as soon as there's someone else. You're really betting only against yourself. Like you, you'll never know how much the other person's paying. You'll never know what the contents of that other offer is. All we know is as agents, is there how many offers there are. And if it's worth it for you to a certain point, then then that's why you're paying them more money. If you if it's not worth it to you at a certain point for a price, then walk away. Then walk away. And always you always should be prepared to walk away at a point. And um you know, just, we, we play a little game. We say like, if it's sold for this price, would you be mad? And if you say no, then we, we basically find the limit of, of what you're comfortable to pay. Um, and at the end of the day, even if you may be paying more than you expected, as long as you don't sell at the wrong time, it's not a bad decision. The yeah. worst decision is... Like you're paying into your equity. Yeah. Like you're always doing yeah. the right thing moving forward. Yeah. Even if you buy at the peak of the market... Within the next couple of years, maybe maybe the market drops out, the, the bubble bursts, as they say, okay? As long as you don't have to sell in duress or desperation and you can just wait it out, then even if you sell for the same price you bought it, you put equity into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like the number one constant is as long as there's one person in Toronto or in the GTA tomorrow than there was yesterday, then, then prices will continue to grow. Definitely. It's very, you know, it goes Cyclical. in cycles. Cyclical is the, the fancy word I was using for. Mm-hmm. And there is peaks and there is troughs. But I mean, the prices compared to the 80s, yeah. compared to the 90s. Yeah, if you look de- decade to decade, there's yeah. no question. There's just no question. And we're like, we thought 2007 was the, 17 rather, was the craziest thing that we saw. And look where we are now. Yeah, we'll talk in five years. <laughs> talk in five years. That's right. For and sure. So, uh, I mean, is there anything else we really need to go through? I think we've No, I think that was a lot of information. And it's I, a lot of I information. I feel overwhelmed for the, the buyers who are very new to this. And even the sellers. I mean, it's an experience. Yeah. It's an emotional experience for the sellers. And, you know, of course, like selling your home, it's, you know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of the time had a lot of memories. Yeah. But when you know? you're ready to move on, you're ready to move on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up the show. Again, like there is still a lot of unanswered questions. So if you have some, please reach out, team at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social media at Hickson Real Estate, on, uh, on Facebook, Instagram. We have a YouTube now, all that kind of stuff. And of course, our podcast is going to be all across Apple Podcasts and Anchor.fm. Spotify. And Spotify and all your favorite platforms. 
And we're going to try to enjoy our lockdown anniversary. Lockdown anniversary. Let's go and enjoy it, Jess. Yeah. What are we going to do? Well, there's a little sunshine for it. Fancy drive, maybe? <laughs> With the windows down? Oh, you're getting wild now. Maybe a little walk in the park? Lovely. Lovely. Picking <laughs> flowers? Yeah, my flower delivery hasn't arrived. Oh, I'm pretty yet. sure it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are flowers essential? Are they clothes? Uh, yeah, you have to look that up. I don't know. I'm not going to give you the All right, you right, uh, just leave that with me. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And uh, be sure to like all our stuff and subscribe follow and, and follow us and all the stuff that YouTubers say. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.